Good morning. Um, welcome to Deep Creek Baptist Church on a beautiful Sunday morning. I know we had a monsoon earlier this morning and we all survived it and uh, uh, thank God for the rain. We have one birthday this week that I know of. Are there any other birthdays or anniversaries? All right, Sarah Watowski has a birthday on the 26th. So let's sing happy birthday to Sarah. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, God bless you, happy birthday to you. Our next hymn's 237, 237. I stand amazed in the presence. It's all standing. in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wondered how he could love me a sinner condemned unclean how marvelous how wonderful and my song shall ever be how marvelous how wonderful is my Savior's love come to the announcements, praises, and prayer requests. Um, August the 28th at 11 a.m., uh, which I think is next Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it'll be him. we'll have a hymn time in memory of Bobby Wilson. Uh, I think his son's going to be here. Uh, so anyway, we're going to sing some hymns that were favorites of Bobby and kind of have a a memorial service here for him since a lot of us did not get an opportunity to uh, to, uh, to go to his services. Uh, and so we're going to do that this coming Sunday. September the 9th is movie night and the movie is I Am Gabriel. Uh, September the 11th is homecoming. There will be no Sunday school. And so what usually happens is they wind up with a sheet back in the back and they'll get that together. And... Uh, it's a covered dish, and we get together, and we celebrate. We have a worship service, and then we go in a fellowship hall, and we celebrate homecoming and fellowship with each other uh, with, in the old-fashioned term, dinner on the ground, uh, and it's a great time. Uh, people reminisce, and we have a good time, and so uh, uh, the reason there's no Sunday school is because some ladies will be preparing things, and they want them to arrive here hot. You know, so and, and that's good. 
So anyway, uh, that's the reason there's no Sunday school. Uh, and then on Monday, the 12th through the 14th is our revival, of, and it's in September. Um, and the Reverend Nathan Black uh, will be presenting the, the, the revival message. And so it'll be at, at 7 o'clock and to 8 o'clock every night, uh, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Um, and so with that, if you're a veteran or a nurse or a law enforcement officer or first responder, please let me know. Uh, the sooner the better. Um, and so with that, uh, additions to the prayer list, the first thing that I have is uh, I received the text message this morning, add Corey uh, Barber to the prayer list. Uh, uh, Lindsay said Corey tested positive for COVID yesterday, so uh, keep them in your prayers. It is going around. So uh, some people have had it, some people have it, uh, but they've got a, there's a cold that's going around. Uh, I happen to be part of that cold, so uh, I'm, I'm not contagious or anything. I just nasal drainage and coughing. So other than that, um, if, you're in, if you're concerned, I, t I took the COVID test and I'm negative. So uh, any other praises or prayer requests? Yes, sir. Amen. It's good to have you back. Any others? Okay. Okay. There's a singing at four o'clock at Taylor Memorial. Um, feel free to go, and there'll be refreshments afterwards. Any others? Announcements, praises, prayer requests. Yes, ma'am. I'm just thankful that all of the tables came back. Very good. Yeah. Any other? Yes, Kathleen. Okay. Any other? I'm going to make an announcement, and I'm sure most of you've heard. Uh, if you haven't, you will shortly. Uh, yesterday, um, Tatham, he had a milestone in his life. He lost his first tooth. And just so you know uh, how, you know, when you take inflation and cost of living, um, he said the tooth fairy brought him five bucks. Yeah, I, I told him, I said, well, he said, how much did you get, Papa? I said, a quarter. <laughs> he, Roger got, Robert got a dime. <laughs> I told him, I said, the last time, go ahead. Uh, going to have to talk this tooth fairy. My grandson lost his first tooth uh, Friday night. He got 10 bucks. Yeah. Ten bucks. 10 bucks. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, you tell, the, you tell your mama that when she talks to the tooth fairy, she owes you some money. Um <laughs> Well, last time I lost teeth, it cost me $3,000. So. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> any others? Praises, prayer requests. Go ahead, Jason.
Any other? Go ahead, Kathleen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Any other? All right. If there's no others, we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we love you and we thank you for this day. And Lord, we ask you to be with those that aren't here, uh, those that are traveling, uh, those that are getting the last of the summer in before school starts back. Uh, Lord, we just love you. We thank you for all that you do. We lift up Brother Corey. Um, we lift up Taylor Memorial, um, uh, the Gary Fairley family. Lord, we lift them up to you. Um, those that were mentioned, Roger and Ann and, and Lauren and all of these that are on here, Lord, uh, the COVID that's going around, Lord, we just ask you to protect us. Uh, we thank you for the test results that come back and they're negative. Lord, we just love you. We ask you to open your word up to us today. Allow us to, to glean what you would have us to glean. Let our hearts come together and be pure. Lord, we're here to worship you together, corporately. Lord, we just ask you that what we do here today would be pleasing to you. Lord, I love you and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Our offertory hymn is number 68, page 68. Holy, holy, holy. Soft stand.
I don't know about y'all, but don't you just love the sound of a little change hitting the bucket with a kid carrying it? Yeah, at, over at Taylor, they had a, uh, a they got a, a metal galvanized bucket. And so when that change hits that bucket, you can hear it ring through the church, you know, and uh, it, it's fun. They get a big kick out of it. Uh, and it's, and it's, that's the bucket of blessing. So it's used for blessing people and with missions and things like that. So. Um, it, it's a great thing, and they learn by coming forward uh, to help. They, they're learning to be part of the church. They're being incorporated in the church, being trained whether they realize it or not. Uh, and that's a wonderful thing. If you have your Bibles, uh, Romans chapter 5. Uh, we were there last Sunday. We'll be there again this Sunday. Um, Going to talk about some, some things that are That's a probably relevant today. Um, um, we're going to talk about uh, the original sin and the great degradation. We're going to talk about how uh, death was not in God's original plan for man. And so anyway, uh, I'm going to read the scripture and then we will get into it. Um, so we'll start in verse 12. It says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that, did not, that had not sinned after the sin similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift, for through the office of one man, or the offense of one man, many be dead, but much more the grace of God and the gift by grace which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many." And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift for the judgment was by one to condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses under justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, uh, by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in the life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came unto all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but when sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. And Lord, we, we gather here today to understand this, that Lord, you have made the ultimate sacrifice, that, that sin was never a part of your plan. But because of the will and disobedience of man, we have all inherited this. And Lord, because of the sacrifice of one pure man, we all have this opportunity to receive the gift of righteousness through grace. Lord, we love you. I ask you to open this up to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to read this again, but in a different translation. It says, the death in Adam and life in Christ. This is the, the New English Version. It says, therefore, just as sin came in the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread through all men because all sin. 
For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more had the grace of God and the free gift by grace uh, that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because one man's trespass, death reigned through the one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in the life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience that many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass. The many will be made righteous. Let's see. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a little bit different and plainer when you read it in, in, this, in this translation. Death was not in the original plan of God. God had a plan that when he built the earth and designed it and created it, that it was perfect. Remember, he said, this is good. He walked among the valley and through the, uh, the uh, uh, Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. He was there. He communed with them. And so just as through one man's sin entered the world, the Apostle Paul regarded Genesis 3 as totally historical truth. According to Paul and according to Jesus, as he says in Matthew 19, 4 and 6, Adam and Eve were real people, and what they did was as lasting effect to the present day. We have to understand that when we read the Bible and we read these stories, we're dealing with real people. We sometimes, after all these thousands of years separated, think of this as some fairy tale. Well, Adam and Eve is some people that or we have this plan of them. We don't really think of them as being real. We don't really think of them as being our ancestors. One of the classes I had to take when I was getting my degree was in genealogy. And I'll just be honest with you, it's probably about as boring as archaeology. I don't like studying rocks. Rocks are rocks. But there are people that, that that's their job. Well, genealogy is the same thing. You know, it's people's history. There is a tribe in Russia, China, and Europe. And they're isolated. And when they went and missionaries finally reached them and sat down and talked to them and traced their lineage back, the story that they told was that they had this term, and I can't pronounce the term, but the definition was dirt. They traced their lineage back to dirt. How did God make Adam? From the dirt. And so they had been unsullied, they had been unspoiled, they had been uneducated, yet they traced their lineage back to Adam. And the term they used was dirt. So this has been going on for a while. It is important to understand that Adam and Eve account is not an optional passage. When we go to Genesis, sometimes pastors don't preach Genesis because there's so much stuff going on in society that we had rather not tell the truth. People are trying their best to discredit the Bible. And if they can get you to doubt the creation story, they have succeeded. Little terms pop up that we use. Prehistoric. Prehistoric is blasphemous term. There's historic history. Prehistoric symbolizes there was history prior to God's making the universe. 
We don't think about these things. Also, when we walk into our Sunday school classes and we look at the ark, what do we see? This little bitty ship. And it's got giraffes and elephants' heads and every kind, rhinoceros' heads stuck out of the top of it. That's not the way it was. It's not the way it was. For them to get all the animals on the ark, they took babies. They took babies. They were on there for a year. To Paul, Adam was more than a historical individual. The first man, he was also what his name refers to in Hebrew. Adam refers to humanity. The whole humanity is viewed as having existed at first in Adam. All these years later, every one of us born, from the newest born baby that was born just a few minutes ago, to the person who's drawing their last breath and may be the oldest person alive today, our lineage runs back to Adam, all of humanity. Never mind what, what race, what nationality, what cultural differences we have, we all are children of Adam, whether we believe it or not. Through one man, death entered the world. Paul didn't, doesn't prove this. He simply accepts it as truth. We know that. We've heard the story. Eve and Adam were deceived by the serpent. That's what it says. We don't doubt that. Whatever the fruit was off that tree, some people today like to depict it as an apple. We don't know what the fruit is. It really doesn't matter. The fact is, is they disobeyed God and ate what they were told not to eat. And he told them that there would be death. And so sin entered the world through Adam's. Significantly, Adam is responsible for the fall of the human race, not Eve. Eve was deceived when she sinned, but Adam sinned with full knowledge. Remember, he was there. He heard every word. He knew he was not supposed to eat of that tree. Yet when Eve offered it to him with full knowledge of what had just taken place, he bit. He bit. So there's things that goes on in our life today that men, if we're complacent, it is on us. It is on us. It's our responsibility to protect our family. It's our responsibilities to be the spiritual leaders of our families. It is our responsibility to make sure that our children have the opportunity to make an informed decision of whether to accept or reject the gift of grace that Christ offers through his sacrifice on the cross. That's on us. Because God set up a system to where the be thumbs down and oppressive. Because that's the system he set up. And God promised that and said, in the day that you eat, of that you shall surely die. The principle of death was introduced into the world when Adam sinned and it has reigned on earth ever since. Every grave is mute evidence of the spread and reign of sin since the time of Adam. All of the funerals that we do and attend it's because of a disobedience of one man. Adam. We inherited that. Thus death spread to all men. Because all have sinned. We were heirs. We've inherited it. Uh, what's the term they use? Uh, uh, when you receive something from your parents. Uh, I got it from my father uh, when I, my gum disease, um, it was passed down from his side of the family to me. My children, only one of them have it. Um, and so it is, uh, I can't remember the term. Genetically. Huh? Genetically. 
Well, genetics is part of it, but there's a term they use. There you go. Hereditary. Thank you. (laughs) I love it. Uh, That was not a senior moment. That was just, I couldn't think of the word. Uh, (laughs) And I don't have it in my notes, so it was not supposed to be there. But anyway. And so, we've all inherited that. It was hereditary. Thank you, Brother Adam. And you notice that it's, it's not just Christians that die. Non-Christians die. Muslims die. Confucianists die. Hindus die. It doesn't matter what your religion is. See, you're part of the family of humanity. What does the Bible tell us? We're all made in the image of God. And so therefore, Adam and Eve is our Ever how many greats it is? Parents. And so, we've been separated from God by sin. Since death and sin are connected, we can now, we can know that all men are sinners because all are subject to death. A sinless man is not subject to death. Think about that. A sinless man is perfect. The trials and tribulations of this world, these of death, he's immune to. And so it separated us from God. This, this sounds odd to our individualistic ears, but Paul clearly teaches that we've all, didn't the Bible say that we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God? Doesn't it tell us that our All sin, in this case, means when you hear the term all sins, and since people today are real hyped on definitions and making sure that you get the right connotation, when it says all sin, this means all sin. Everybody. No one is exempt. Adam's sin is the sin of all. Now, Christ came in flesh, and of course we know the story. He walked the earth for 30 some odd years and was crucified, but he did not sin. He was sinless. He was blameless. He was spotless. We are mortal and we're subject to death. Before they commit any sins themselves, since mortality is a result of sin, it shows that we were made sinners by Adam's sin, not by our own personal sin. However, we've multiplied that. Adam's originally sin is what caused us to die. Adam's original sin is why we're in the predicament we're in today. See, man's disobedience will produce, were produced and will continue to produce by the original sin. The original creation of God in its eternity, is, in its eternity has fallen under the curse of death through the original sin. God never intended for the fall of man. He intended for Adam and Eve to prosper, live in the the, uh, Garden of Eden, have dominion over the world, populate the world. Everybody has a great time. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. They were deceived by a fallen person. We know who that is. We may not like the fact that we were made sinners by Adam, by the work of another man, but it is a fact. Nevertheless, it is fair to be made righteous by the work of another man. If we're also made sinners by the work of another man, then why should we not be made righteous by the work of another man? Why should we doubt the fact that Christ's sacrifice on the cross was not sufficient for us? See, here's the thing. The original sin and the great degradation is annulled by justification through Jesus Christ. So we aren't, so we aren't made sinners by Adam then, then it isn't fair to say that we've been made righteous by Jesus. We are made sinners by Adam. And so it is 
for all men that we could be made righteous through one man. And see, and there becomes an objection uh, to this. You have people that say, ah, Christ couldn't have done that. Christ couldn't have paid the sin for the world. You know, he wasn't perfect. Da, 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 da. You know, all the, the, the objections to that. It says, for until the law, sin was in the world. Sin was in the world before the law, remember? The law came at Moses. So from Adam to Moses, there was no law and people were sinning. The law just added to that they needed to follow a God, that they were not perfect. And in 13 and 14, it says, I thought we were sinners because we broke the law. It's kind of a thought there. It says, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigns from Adam to Moses, even though, and even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness uh, of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. Until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. So we know that the root cause of our sin was in hereditary. Nevertheless, the death reigned. The total merciless reign of death, even before the law was given to Moses, Reigned on earth. It proves that man was under sin before the law. Because some people will argue that we were never under any type of sin until after the law came. Well, that's not true. The Bible teaches clearly that we were under the law. I mean, under sin. And so Adam's work and Jesus' work, they're, they're contradictory. But they, Adam pointed to the need for Jesus. Sin entered the world by one man. Justification was offered in grace by one man. But the free gift is not like the offense. See, Adam gave us an offense that had consequences for the entire human race. As a result, people die. Adam's offense... Many died. Jesus gives a free gift that has consequences for the entire human race, but in a different way. Through the free gift of Jesus, the grace of God abounded in many. Adam's work brought death, but Jesus brings grace. By grace we are justified, and we will not face the judgment. We've been made righteous. It's abounded to many. Think about all the Christians before us who accepted Christ. Think about all the Christians around us that have accepted Christ. Think about those in the future until he becomes, until he be returns that have accepted Christ. He's not saying that death reigned over us all because we all sinned. He's saying that death reigned over us because Adam sinned. We inherited it. Therefore, we see the difference between two men, but we see the consequences for all men. And there's a, a thing going around that, you know, Jesus loves all. He doesn't want anyone to die. He, he's a loving God. He won't cause people to die. But you have to put it in perspective. He won't cause people to go to hell. You're right. He will not cause anyone to go to hell. He's just going to honor those who reject him's wishes. He's going to honor their wishes. He's going to give them what they ask for. He's going to give them what they deserve. And all they had to do was bend their knees and confess that Jesus Christ was Lord and Savior and that his sacrifice on the cross was sufficient for forgiveness and remission of sins. And he would have received grace and mercy that he did not deserve. Be counted as a children of God and spend eternity in heaven with God rather than eternity in hell separated from God. That's as simple as it gets. That's as simple as it gets. People will do their best to make this complicated. They want to add things to it. The Pharisees added 600 and some rules to the Ten Commandments. 
Christians have added numerous rules. And those rules hinder the work of the Holy Spirit. We as Baptists, we have three ordinances. Three. Marriage is between one man and one woman. Period. Doesn't matter what a Supreme Court says. It doesn't matter what the population of the world says. It doesn't matter if everybody in the world is going bat crap crazy over this choose who you want to be and how you want to be. Marriage is between one man and one woman. It doesn't matter how you want to identify yourself. God chose man. He made them and woman. He made them both. Everything else other than man and woman is a mental disorder. Period. It's satanic in nature and it's designed to cause the people of God frustration. It's designed to cause people to turn from God. Remember, we're not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting principalities. Things that people don't talk about. We're fighting demons. We're fighting devil himself. This is spiritual warfare. Where are you at? We have baptism and we have communion. If you take communion unworthily, not understanding what it's about, you will sleep. And in the Bible, sleep means death. And baptized. When you accept Jesus Christ to become a full member in a Baptist church, you have to have been baptized by immersion. Sprinkling won't cut it to be a member of a Baptist church. And the reason we get this is because it tells us that when Jesus was baptized, he came up out of the water. You cannot come up out of a sprinkler. Perfect English. The reason sprinkling come about was because people were dying of influenza. They sprinkled them in the wintertime to hold them over to the spring when the water was warm and they could baptize them by immersion. That's how it came to be. I know. I wrote a paper on it. And some organizations and religions have decided to adopt that. But we as Baptists believe that there's no salvation in baptism. Baptism is a picture of what happened to you. You were dead in your sins. You were buried with Christ. You rose again a new creation, which it tells us that that's what happens into the new life with Jesus Christ. When you are baptized, that is all that is, is a picture of what's happened in your heart. These things are all here for a reason. And they get convoluted and they get struck around. There's all kind of things going on. Remember, we're told that in the latter days, things were going to get hard. Sin and lawlessness was going to come virtues. And virtues and were going to come, we were going to come illegal. You would become criminals. What's happening today? What's happening today? All around us. Just look. It's all over the world. Through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. One man's offense, obedience, offers us a free gift of justification and righteousness. You have to confess it. Unlike our sin from Adam, it's not hereditary. You can't receive it and inherit it from your mother and your father. You have to do it yourself. However, your mother and your father's responsibility is to put you in a position to where you can make that decision for yourself. Think about this. A free gift. How many of us have ever received free gifts? We probably do every Christmas and birthdays and Father's Days and Mother's Days. What happens when you take that gift, leave it wrapped up, and stick it in the corner? 
What happens to it? It sits there. It's not useful to you. It's not useful for anybody else because it's still wrapped up in the box. You probably don't even know what it is. And you look inside and there's something you don't deserve and you surely wouldn't expect him. Isn't that a, an amazing? Such delight and such humbleness and humility. Christ has a free gift for you. It's eternity. He paid for our debt. All the evils in the world that I've done or shall do, all the bad things I've said, thought, Christ died on the cross because Jerry's sins put him there. And at a point in my life, I understood that I needed a Savior. I understood that hell was not a place I wanted to spend my eternity. I understood that I had to get right and I had to get right now. I had to accept that gift. It was an overwhelming gift. It was a life-changing gift. It changed my life to the point that I'm standing here at the church proclaiming God's gospel. But he had a plan, and he, and he followed it out through me. It took me a while to get here. Like most young southern boys and who grew up to be old southern boys, I was hard-headed. We don't have to be hard-headed. Christ gave us a free gift. We have to accept it. Now, all the folks in our lives that's having problems and they don't understand why all these bad things are on them and happening to them and around them is because they have not turned and bowed spirits drawing them. Our job is to proclaim it. And then once they accept it, our job is to disciple them to maturity. Every Christian should be able to sit down and eat a T-bone steak of the gospel, of the doctrine, of the word of God. We should have matured them to the point to where they can digest whole foods. We should be at the point in our lives where we can contend for the church. We can contend. We should be able to explain this to others. We should be able to explain what we believe. People should be able to see the results of this life-changing event in our lives as we walk out through the world. Remember we're ambassadors here. This is not our home. We're temporarily here as ambassadors for Christ. Remember we're part of the royal priesthood. So what do we do with this? What do we do with all of this that we heard about the sin? God has gave us a great opportunity To receive the sacrifice of his son so that we can have eternity with him, not only in paradise or the Garden of Eden, but in the mansion that's high on the hill where the streets are paved with gold, where the sun never sets, never closed because there's nothing threatening coming in. As beautiful as our world is today, you have to understand that we live in a fallen world that was destroyed by a flood. The Grand Canyon and the, the great mountains that we have and the land that we have that's fertile throughout this United States destruction was the result of man's sin. Everything that's considered the eight wonders of the world was put here after the flood. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen the works of mankind. I've viewed the Panama Canal. I could smell it. I've seen some of the great castles in Germany. Been across the Great Plains. And as beautiful as all this is, 
it's not near as beautiful as the new earth is going to be. We can't imagine what heaven's like. But I can tell you this. If evil and trouble is any indication of what hell's like, it's not a place I want to go. Remember, hell was not made for human beings. It was made for angels. So today, we understand why Jesus did what he did. And we understand how we fell under the curse. And only you can make that right. You have an opportunity today. Remember, we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised the next five minutes. If you're not right with the Lord, today's the day. The kingdom of heaven is near. Because one day, the door to that salvation is going to close forever. I don't know when he's coming, but it ain't as long as it's been. Pray for your families. Pray for your loved ones. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your church. Pray for your country. Pray for your elected officials. Pray that God won't remove his hand from our country. Pray that more people will see the light. That more people will come to understand who Jesus Christ is. These should be at the top of our list, along with those on our prayer list. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we love you. Lord, we thank you for the explanation of our hereditary disease. And we thank you for the cure. We thank you, Lord, that you provided a cure so that we could live with you for eternity. Lord, our prayer is that every person will accept the free gift of salvation. Lord, we pray that our efforts here at Deep Creek Baptist Church will be fruitful in the surrounding communities as we go about our daily lives. Let us recognize those that are needing to hear hope. The hope of you that you have for everyone. Lord, we love you. Give us the ability to share that message. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.